church moving, if you want to make a, a mission and reproduction happen, then you need that kind of 10 to 15% window. And that's where we hit at into this year. So that was really encouraging that like, man, y'all are being faithful in sharing the gospel. Y'all are being faithful in reaching out to your coworkers, your neighbors. The church is being faithful in serving in such a way where people can come in here and hear about Jesus and get plugged into groups. There's just a lot of good things happening. And that's one of the things we won't get into the future too much so that we want to be aggressive in even right now uh, as we move into the future is aggressive at really trying to uh, make sure that people hear about the goodness and beauty of Christ. Like we are here as a church to push back darkness and to bring light into the world. And we believe what we just said today, right? Like heaven is real. Eternity is real. Christ actually dwells inside of our hearts. What type of craziness is that? Right? And everybody else gets to experience that if they believe in Jesus. They feel the transformation of Christ. This is a wonderful thing. So we want to push back darkness and continue some of that. And we think that the Lord has placed us in such a healthy position where we want to take aggressive steps forward this year. And so um, with that, I'm going to bring up Paul because he's going to talk about our finances, which tend to sound lame at times. All right, like, oh, finances, who cares? Okay, but we want you to see some of the decisions that the elders felt like we should make. What's up, little girl? <laughs> uh, and... Uh, some of the decisions that we think that God is kind of moving us towards into this year. So um, Jake is supposed to be here. Were you going to tell a joke about Jake? I will. I knew you would. Okay. I'll leave that for Paul. Here we go. All right. Um, yeah, this is supposed to be Jake, and I, I won't bring near the passion that he does when he talks to finance. I think he actually gets choked up a little bit, uh, but, but you can actually see me standing up here. Okay. All right. It's too soon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Jake, uh, Jake rotated off. We, we uh, are now an elder board of two, and we were this, together this uh, past Friday morning, and we had this empty chair, and we were just kind of, woe was us. You know, it was just really hard to get through the morning of all that. But uh, anyway, yeah, we miss Jake, and, and uh, we'll get a chance to honor him. They were out this weekend, and, and, uh, but we'll do that upcoming as it relates to the time that he's given to the church here. But I do want to talk about our, our finances, and we're, we're not going to get into it by line item by line item. However, if you've got interest to do that, we, we want to sit down and talk to you about that. All right, so don't make it seem like because we're not getting into the detail here that we're not wanting to do that. We want to be very transparent with the finances and, and how we believe that God has directed us to, to use his money, and, and we'll walk you through all that, okay? And, and if necessary, we'll bring Jake out of retirement to take you to that next decimal point that we can't explain, all right? So real quick, when you take a look at where we thought we would be last year at $318,000 in terms of, of uh, where we thought our expenses were, we actually brought in $360,000. So God continues to be good to us. Uh, and that's in, in light of the fact that we added another staff person onto that. So, you know, God's faithfulness through our giving has just been amazing. And that's been the hallmark of, of our church from the very beginning. I think the other part of that is, is that we've, we've taken, you know, a very conservative view of how we should spend God's money. And so we run a pretty lean budget relative to the size of church we are. I think that's just a part of who we are. I don't think that'll ever change, okay? So feel good about that. And, and so, uh, but again, God continues to show his faithfulness. We were blessed beyond our, our expenses in terms of the giving. And so we brought in, you know, $44,000 in surplus, and, and we, we saved that for such a time that I'm going to tell you about now, okay? So we also felt that we were just seeing significant momentum going on in, in terms of the life of the church. And, and we felt that to capture that, we needed to have additional full-time staff to be able to kind of maximize that, to continue to invest in our people, to raise them up, to be able to serve in a significant way, and, and realize that, hey, Tori and one other staff person wasn't going to cut it, right? Uh, and then all of a sudden, as Tori talked about, we've been blessed with just additional staff to come on board with us uh, as it relates to that, and, and Nick and Christy, the two latest to come on, uh, along with... Uh, Deborah, Hooley, and Aaron. So we, we've got really, I think, just a tremendous lineup to do all that relative to what we feel that our trend is right now in the giving, that we are going to have to dip into our reserves, going to have to do some deficit spending. Unlike the federal government, though, we're not going to ask your kids to pay for that. We actually have, we actually have the money in the bank, uh, $200,000, and we're going to pull from that uh, as it relates to where we think the 
where our giving is going to be. And so we'll be in, in great shape as we go through the rest of next year as it relates to the amount of money that we have on hand to pay for the additional expenses that, that, we, are, that we, we know will be there, okay? So uh, first time we've ever do, had to do that, and there was a lot of prayer and, and consideration and discussion that went around that. We just felt that, okay, God didn't call us to be a bank, right? He, he wants us to use the resources that people are giving us, so we need to step out in faith. We need to move forward. And also, we believe that as we do that, that God will continue to bless us, all right? And, and this is where your parts come in as it relates to that. Uh, if you take a look at the stat, we've got it down here. <clears throat> Only 52% of our current Covenant community members give at least $1. And we don't know who gives what. We just know general stats as it relates to that. So we think that, obviously, the potential is there to do more. And, and we're going to ask you, as part of this, to continue to partner you know, financially as, long, as well as your service uh, to be able to, to continue to give and, and to take care of uh, the staff and, and the other expenses that we, we incur as, as being a part of the church. I, I fully believe that God will continue to bless us. And I, and, and I just ask you to, hey, pray about, okay, God, where would you have me be as a, in relationship to, to the giving, the capability that I have as it relates to it? All different for all people. But, you know, one of the things that happened early in, in, in Lori in my life as it relates to giving is that nobody really challenged it us to do that, and, and so when they did, we kind of followed the process of just really praying to God and just kind of stepping out there, and, and that really set the course for our life in terms of how we saw giving going forward relative to the blessings that God has, and oh, by the way, uh, in our case, God continued to bless us as we continue to give more, so uh, that all comes together, I, I fully believe that, so I'm just going to ask you, challenge you to, to pray as to where God would have you in terms of your giving and then encourage others to, to do the same, okay? In addition to that, we're going to be in great shape as we go into next year, and, and I'm really excited about the outcome of where we're going to be from a ministry standpoint relative to the, uh, the additional staffing we've got going on and, and the momentum that's going, going along with that. So page 13 and 14 talks about kind of breaks it out into a pie chart of, of, okay, where did we spend our money last year? Where's it going in, in, in 2017, 2018? You see the staffing, that chunk of the pie has grown, and that's obvious because of the additional staff that we brought on hand. The other thing that I want to call out, and, and you see the caveats uh, on page 14, is that uh, it's showing 14%, but of what we, what we receive, what brings in, 15% just automatically goes in terms of uh, the, our missions and the other support that we do. So that's, we don't take a look at it any other way. So whatever the dollars are, 15% of that just automatically goes out. We don't even, you know, plan that in any other means. So, uh, and because of the fact that we're going to be dipping into our reserves, that percentage is off from 15, but keep in mind that we haven't backed off of that. Okay, just wanted to give that a little clarity. All right. So all I'm going to talk about from money from that standpoint, all right. So hey, couple things. God's blessed us. We continue to believe that God will, allows us to do some amazing things. From that, we've been able to do some forward spending to be able to take care of our staff and, and the challenge that, all right, let's continue to, to circle around that and, and really understand what God would have us do as part of our giving to be able to continue the, the, the livelihood of our church. All right. Questions or comments? All right. Last thing again, we'll, if anybody wants to get into deeper, into the line level elements of that, be happy to do that. Tori, myself, others, we'll, we'll, we'll walk you through that, okay? Thank you. <clears throat> we heard one little minor clap. That was great. <laughs> there we go. All right. Good, good, good. Okay. Um, hey, go sit down, baby. Keep praying, children. <laughs> That would be great. And her. <laughs> They're really helpful for my brain capacity. Yeah. That's all right. See? That's all right. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so let's see. Uh, so a couple things we want to do is look into next year. All right. So kind of talk about the past, talk about the future a little bit, and then look into the following year. If you go on page 15, 
Um, what you'll see is some church planning benchmarks, some overviews, stuff like that. It goes from 15 to 17. That's what we're going to look at a little bit here as we're moving forward. Okay. Um, so one of them that we have there is what's called the CHCs or Characteristics of a Healthy Church. Once a year, we uh, give out uh, emails to some of our leaders and just ask them to kind of rank where we are uh, within uh, each of these areas. And so we give them kind of what that means, what that looks like. And you'll see there the two charts, 2015-16, that was last year, 2016-17, that was the year that we're just coming out of. Here's kind of where we think we are uh, in the course of the church. And what you'll see in there is that uh, our leaders, not the elders or staff, but like ministry leaders and people like that, generally speaking, feel like we're in a pretty healthy position, right? Particularly, you got to take in factor like the size of church we are, the things that we're doing, uh, that there's actually a lot of health kind of around all of that. One of the things, a couple of things I want to draw your attention to is that, man, we actually just really plan to get very, very aggressive in each of these areas throughout the upcoming year. Uh, one of the things that we got on some of the surveys and people that were saying stuff is, hey, like we're not doing as much leadership development or we're not doing, and when we just talk about the year that we just had, like it's impossible, it's literally impossible to do that, right? Like your whole time is spent like trying to find a staff member or dealing with things that are happening in the life of the church or all of a sudden there's 200 people and you're the only person on staff and what do you do, right? Like it's hard to really uh, uh, create some foundation that will give us a lot of beauty and success for the future, but we have that now. Like we have the space, the ability, the capability of doing that. So last year we said that we would because we thought that we would have that and then last year happened, but this year we feel like, man, okay, God is moving. He's, he's directing us in a couple of ways and so some of the things that we want to be really intentional with is uh, leadership development and so create space for us as people to kind of grow in our ability to lead, whether it be ministry, whether it be at our jobs, whether it be uh, whatever the case may be. And so, for example, one of the things that you'll see is that there are a lot of classes that are being offered in the fall. So everything from singleness to financial peace to uh, preaching and teaching to uh, uh, just various different things that are going on, really trying to help kind of develop some of that leadership aspect along with all the serving and things like that that will be happening because we want to press into that and create space for you all to be able to grow and, and to be challenged and uh, uh, encouraged kind of in the midst of all of that. So there's going to be a lot of space for leadership, a lot of space for growth kind of coming up. There's going to be a lot more trainings happening in ministry areas. And so maybe you kind of want to lead different ministries, don't really know how to. Like, I mean, we want to provide training and clarity and insight into that. That's one of the things that Nick is going to be great at uh, and just being able to help us really uh, 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 grow in a lot of those areas already, even as myself within ministries really helped me develop and grow. And so uh, we're going to create just a lot of space for things like that. Other thing that we really want to, or one of the other things that we want to focus on, leadership development, is also the intentionally missional piece. And so one of the things that we know is that, man, we don't want to see that number of that 10 to 15% conversion growth rate. We don't want to see that shrink. Like, we want to see it grow, right? Like, we want to be a place, a hospital, if you will, for the broken, for the hurting. Because we know, if, uh, unless you came to Christ when you were three and don't remember not knowing Jesus, if you came to Christ later, you remember what it was like to not have a relationship with God. And then you remember what it was like to be changed by the relationship with God and, and the life that you felt. And man, we want to provide that for people, right? Like we want to be a place that pushes back darkness. And so uh, we uh, uh, have been meeting and talking about different things with uh, uh, The Stone, one of our partner um, uh, churches, Acts 29 partner churches, and uh, different initiatives that they do that we can kind of jump on and help with. Todd, uh, who's sitting there back, we have met and are trying to figure out how can we kind of raise up the evangelist and the apostle that's here amongst us in our church. There are people who just have that gift where they want to see people come and know Jesus. And it's like, I could share the gospel with somebody for literally two years, and then Todd will come in and be like, hey man, how are you? And the dude will repent and get saved, right? I'm being serious, right? It's like, man, that's just a gift. Like God has given that man a gift, and there's faithfulness that he has backed up and used that with. And so we're really trying to be intentional, creating some spaces, creating opportunities. So I talked about the leadership development classes. Well, also in the fall, we're doing some uh, evangelism training and uh, missional training and different uh, uh, movements that we want to start happening even around us because, man, Todd is seeing crazy, awesome things in these different pockets uh, where he's been serving at. And so we want to jump along with him and with the team that he's been building there and even raise that up. And one of the things that we hope that 
allows us to do is raise up future missionaries and future church planners, which is another thing we want to focus on. So in the course of the next three months, I'll personally be attending uh, three different, I'm sorry, in the course of the next four months, I'll be attending three different uh, church planting assessments, literally trying to find a possible next church planter. And so trying to bring a guy on possibly that we can then send out of our church because we said when we get to 200, we'll be able to do that. We're at 200 right now. And so, man, if, as long as God does any sort of movement, we could send out 30 people right now, and we wouldn't even know. Like today, I bet there was around 170 because it's Labor Day, not as many people, and it doesn't feel any different than last week. So we could literally send out and send out leaders and people and, once again, push back the darkness. Todd's also doing things with, like, a house church movement so that it's not as, like, big church or, or organizational church but kind of an organic church, and we want to press into that as well so that we're kind of hitting both ends there. So the scatter broad the scatter uh, strategically, like we just want to press into all of that. And so um, those are some of the, the, the things that we're doing and trying to push back darkness, being really intentional, being really faithful. We think that God has given us space to be able to do that. And so um, those are two of the issues that we want to hit on. Uh, and then the other one uh, is the sacrificial giving piece. So we just talked about that, the giving. The biggest thing that we got from people is that we don't talk about money a whole lot as a church, okay? And that's ironic that, like, people really want that, okay? Because before, like, when you're a pastor, it's like, don't talk about politics, don't talk about money, and everybody will be happy, right? But, like, no, we actually want to know what to do with those things. How does politics play into our lives? How does money play into our lives? What do we do? How do we be faithful? How does God allow us to take this tool, money he's given us, and bless others and be free from the burden of it. And so we're doing sermon series on Malachi toward the end of the year because Malachi hits on it several times. That's really intentional. If I'm honest with you as covenant members, it's pretty much to talk about the money aspect of it. You know, we're doing another sermon uh, in the middle of all that that will talk about it. We're doing financial peace. Chase, who I know is in here somewhere. I just saw him. Chase Kreitler uh, is going to help run financial peace. Uh, we had a, had a meeting this week with somebody else who may want to serve with them. And so we're doing these different things to try to help uh, kind of raise that up as well so that we would be a generous people. Here's the thing, okay? Uh, I want to compare. So what is this? Uh, the amount of money that we give away as a church without even blinking an eye is astronomical, Okay, once again, I'll use kind of the statistical. The statistical kind of healthy church gives away about 2 to 5% of what they bring in. We give away 15% to just church planning and missions without even looking at it. Like it immediately gets set aside. So the reason that we can plan a church is because from day one, everything you guys have given, 8% of it goes to uh, church planting. The reason that we can send out missionaries from the well, which we hope to do, is because 7% immediately goes into that. And then we give more as opportunity arises. And so we we really are a generous church. I don't know why we've tried to hide that in the past. I think it's because we've just not wanted to kind of rub into the money issue. But listen, it's idolatry for a lot of us, right? Like money traps a lot of us up and we think about it. We're nervous about it. We don't know what to do with it. And man, we want to help within that. So we want to be a sacrificial community and we want to live generously because God is a generous God. He has given freely and abundantly out of the overflow of his riches to us and even made himself poor that you would be rich. So why would we not then do that as a body as well, right? And so those are the kind of the three areas that we're really going to focus on. Obviously, all of these characteristics we want to grow in, we want to uh, dive deeper in. There are things like we did the Genesis devotional so that we can be reliant on God's word. Like that's why we're doing that, right? We believe that the word of God is power for our life. We're going to do an Advent devotional uh, and a Lent devotional this year. One of them is going to be more blog oriented. One of them will be more study oriented. So trying to hit the scriptures in different ways as a body. There's all these plans kind of going on. So I'm kind of just shooting rapid fire here, right? Spraying a, a machine gun right across. So you know, there's a lot of things that are in the movement that we hope that will kind of create some health, some stability, and encourage you as an individual uh, ways that you can grow, ways that you can serve, ways that you can learn and lean into being a part of the kingdom of God. Like, you're an ambassador. We get the opportunity to make much of Jesus together. Like, like, man, let's do that, you know? Like, let's be a powerful church that pushes back darkness in those ways. So um, from the CHC's piece, that's the uh, things that we want to grow in, okay? The other thing next year that we're right now praying about, really working toward, kind of planning on, all right, don't freak out, ready, okay, is we're really praying about moving to two services. Um, there's a lot of reason and a lot of uh, uh, 
opportunity that kind of comes with that. Uh, one of them is that two services just offers more space, okay, for people to come and worship. And like we say with the Bibles this morning, it's true with things like this. If there's opportunity to help more people come to know who Jesus is, then why would we not sacrifice and do what it takes to help them do that? Like, we want people to come and know who Christ is, right? And so uh, that will kind of create that. Another reason is that we're just running out of space in here. So I don't know if you looked, but we actually have 250 chairs set up. And if you come in at, like, 1115 because you're, I won't, I won't dish you, all right? You're looking around, right? And you're like, where, where's, where's the seat? And then you have to sit right here and walk in front of everybody and sit next to Paul, all right? And everybody's looking at you as you're going and sitting down. And it feels weird, okay? And so we want to create more space so that people will have opportunity, place to worship, even uh, serving and things like that. Obviously, that would multiply the ability to be over things and to serve and to use the gifts that God has given us to bless his local church here called The Well. And so hopefully that then also allows us to grow the ability to plant and to send more and more and more and more. We want to be missional. We want to send as a body. And so that's what we're praying about. We're working toward a hypothetical date. And uh, really me and Christy are the main ones working on this right now in our minds is January 1 or whatever that Sunday is there. We're in the new year. We kind of start to launch that, see what happens there. There's a lot of things that it will take to make that happen, and so we're wrestling with all those right now. But just so you guys can know, and so you guys can have things to pray for and to think about and to consider, that's some of the things that we're kind of moving towards, along with the multiplication of groups, right? Like we kept multiplying groups, and so we saw a lot of that this year, and we saw a lot of movement within that, right? Like I know our group sent out KC and them, and then they immediately recruited half the city of Austin to their uh, group, so... Now there's a whole church meeting inside of a community group. Like, that's great, right? Like, we want to keep doing things like that. We want to keep making disciples, keep developing elders. That's a lot. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, that's kind of everything that's going on, okay? So I know it's a lot. I'm kind of rapid firing on purpose so that we can give you kind of the, the full spectrum there. So um, are there any thoughts? Are there any questions? Are there any, uh, yeah, things that you're thinking through? Go ahead, Noel. Yeah, we don't know yet. So we're trying to figure it out. Every church, every church does it differently. Some people have just nursery for the first and then full children for the second. Some people have both full. Some people, you know, you, people can serve more because they can do service one, worship the other. And that happens a lot in churches. So now you don't need, as an irony, we actually did a chart this week. Uh, right now we need uh, 107 people in all the serving positions if we want to serve once a month. When we do two services, we'll need 121. So it actually only increases the amount of people we need by 13, which is crazy. It seems like it'd be way more, right? But um, we're trying to figure that out. 14, I can't count, sorry. But Paige. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, beautiful question. Yep. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yep. So, two questions: uh, church planning. Why not bring someone from in? And then community groups. Is there going to be reevaluation? Yes, on the groups piece. So, Cohen Noel uh, met with me this morning, actually, and then they met with Nick this week. So, once again, last last year we said, hey. There's going to be multiple people on staff, and every single group shepherd is going to be shepherded by somebody on staff, blah, blah, and then all of our staff left, okay? And so I can't shepherd the nine different groups that were out there well, and so now we do. We have uh, Christy, Huli, me, Nick that are each taking the guy and the girl per groups and helping that. So that's going to start up some of that. Once again, Christy and Nick just came on three, four weeks ago, and so they haven't even been able to connect fully with everybody yet. But yes, that's happening even right now, like as we speak type thing. And then the reason the church planted from the outside is that if one of you guys want to plant, we'll send you. So if one of you guys feel like, man, I think the Lord's calling me to plant, then we'll send you. We just haven't uh, felt that, identified that. It hasn't been anybody that has expressed that desire. And we've asked, we disciple people, you know. But hey, if y'all want to go, we'll train you up and we'll send you out. Um, there's 0% joking in that, all right? So... Anything else?
Uh, Sandra asks, is there a location? Not yet. We haven't gone that far. Yeah, it kind of depends on the person. If they're great, if they're a suburban person, plant them in the burbs. If they're a country person, plant them in the country. <laughs> if we have nine South community groups next year, plant them in South Austin. You know, so, yeah. Okay, um, we're going to do something that uh, we felt like was really special now, so I'm going to have Paul come back up. Hey, thank you, Tori. And... Um, you know, one of the things that just has excited me about being a part of the well, apart from the fact that I get to interact with people that, and see people love Jesus that I would never see uh, in Northwest Austin, and is the fact that that ye, all of you uh, see and, and feel a need to serve others, and you just do that really so well. And and it's, it's kind of emotional for me at times when I think about folks who just give themselves so selflessly to serve others, and, and to make, you know, their, the, the experience for the people, particularly we see this on Sunday morning, uh, so, so great for the folks that come to visit us that God brings us. And we hear that over and over again. And, and it wouldn't happen if you didn't all see yourselves as staff members uh, in, in one version or another. So I want to give you all a hand for that right now. Thank you. All right. To serve. Um, I mean, when you think about the number of people who are giving in ministry, you know, either on Sunday or times when we don't see that versus what you may have seen in a, in a larger church is, is pretty phenomenal. As part of that, we've got folks that, that serve kind of in a, in, a, in a higher level, so to speak. They've actually kind of taken on director roles here, and, and that was a need because we just didn't have the, the, the staff to do that, so people just stepped up and did that. We, we challenged, we asked, they prayed, and they said, yeah, we want to serve, and we want to do that. And so... We, we said that, all right, if you wanted to do that, we'll, we'll make that time a, a bit shorter in terms of your commitment to that, just so you'd be able to step back and, and maybe serve or do something else, but uh, because it is kind of uh, uh, pretty intense at times. And so I want to recognize three people. I want them to come up here, and, and then um, Tori and I are going to pray for them as part of all that. I want you to pray along with us. So Clement, would you come up here? Clement's been our, our finance director for the last two years, so Clement, thank you. Uh, Adrian? Adrian has been our, our missions director, and thank you, Adrian and Eileen. We're not going to forget you. He's been our, our children's director. Um, when, you, when you think about that, all that has had to kind of go through these folks' hands, that it's, it's pretty phenomenal, and, and we wouldn't be where we are as a church today if they didn't serve and give themselves uh, so, so selflessly and, and I, just, I just really thank you. I really do. It's, it's great. And, and I think when I add up all through your ages, you're not even to my age. So that's the other cool part, all right? <laughs> so that's the cool thing. So, yeah, Tori, can we just kind of circle around? I, I want to pray for them all. And could you pray with us as we, uh, as we thank these folks for their service? Uh, Father, again, uh, uh, praises and, and just, yeah, great reflection. And we think back of how you have continued to bless and provide for this church. And it's no more evident than in the lives of the people that you brought here to serve. And so I thank you for all of them and how they do that so selflessly. Uh, I specifically lift up Clement, Adrian, and Eileen for their service and as directors over key parts of our ministry. I, I pray about the, the lives of the people that they've impacted. I pray about the ability for how they've allowed our church to move forward. And Father, that they've done that so many times behind the scenes in difficult situations and yet uh, you have allowed them to continue to carry you through and be faithful in all of that. So, Father, it's with my thanks, uh, it's with our church's thanks uh, that we give that to them right now. I ask for continued blessings upon them uh, in their service and know that you will continue to use them uh, to advance your kingdom. And, and we give this to you in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. All right. One time. Thank you all. Appreciate it. Um, so this was originally planned for last week, as you all know, uh, and then the hurricane kind of pushed that all back. All right. Thank you for being here on Labor Day, by the way. This is Labor Day weekend, so that's great. Um, so Jake Ridley is not here with us today, okay? Uh, but we also wanted to honor Jake, so we'll do that uh, either this upcoming Sunday or the following and lay hands on him, thank him for being an elder and things like that, uh, because the amount of time that uh, the elders give Honestly, particularly Jake, like he came in here when we were just a little tiny baby and he was a part of the original kind of church plant and man, all the things that he's had to go through. It's just 
uh, that makes me want to tear up, right? So we want to honor him and thank him, okay? And one of the things that we wanted to say uh, is that this is, here's your elders. Now, we just did all the staff stuff, right? And like, that's like really, really good, okay? And man, praise the Lord for that. But now all of a sudden, we're short on elders, okay? Um, and that brings the complexity in and of itself because of what the elders are called to do in Scripture and how they are supposed to support and run and help lead the church in that way. And so here's what we want to say. We want to encourage you all and also the body at whole and people that you may be ministering to is that if you feel like the Lord may be calling you into eldership, would you let one of us two know, okay? With Jake rolling off, we're going to be down to two, and then this is Paul's last year on the board, okay? And so we would never bring on a guy before he or, uh, was ready to be able to serve in that way, okay? So by no means would we, like, jump the gun and be like, oh, we need elders. Like, that, that's not how the church operates, okay? But we know that there also could be some of you who maybe for whatever reason haven't really considered that in the past, okay? Here's what we're going to say to that. We will disciple you into that role and help maybe point out blind spots or things that may be preventing eldership right now or things like that. But that's one of the things that as elders in that particular role that we really want to focus on this year, okay? Now, here's what we know. We want you to come to us and say, hey, I think the Lord may be putting this on my heart, okay? And then we want to pour that into you. What we would tell you today publicly is be willing to be open and honest about with, with where you are with us and we will with you as well. One of the things that we know is that, man, God doesn't call everybody into this and so that's okay, but the scriptures say if anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. First Timothy 1, 3.1 says, so if you're aspiring, that's a noble thing. We want to press into that, right? There also may be areas where you are unqualified to be an elder, and we'll tell you that, okay? We'll be really honest and direct and say, hey, here are some ways that you can grow. Here are some ways that we can help develop you. Here are some systems to put in place to maybe overcome some of the things that prevent eldership right now, all right? But that's one of the things that we want to be really intentional with this year. And so I don't know if you want to say anything to that end too, but... Yeah, okay. Um, and so just to be thinking about that and, um, like, if this is a desire of yours, approach one of us, okay? Paul's a little bit nicer up front, but it's actually harder. So just pick your, pick your poison there, all right? But we'll disciple you into that and kind of uh, help within that. So um, any thoughts or questions around that end in particular? Yeah, beautiful question. Yeah, he said, if you know some guys who might be interested, should we direct them? Yes. He said old guys. He didn't say that. All right. That is true. Old guys. Yes, direct them. Elders. Yes. Yes, direct them to us. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. If you know people, man, direct them. If there are people in your groups that you think, man, you need to step up, encourage them to step up, right? If there are even people from uh, the outside that would desire to get plugged in right away and to serve in that way, like, man, that's good. We want, once again, people to be raised up from within the body, but we know we're a young church, right? And so there's going to be a lot of blind spots and a lot of uh, uh, speed bumps to get into the position where a lot of these guys have the capability of being elders. So yeah, totally. If you know people, if you're thinking of people, if you're like, man, holy cow, right? Like, this guy's moving into the city, he would be great. Or like, man, this guy's just kind of sitting around and like, he wants to serve and can't, or whatever it may be. Yeah, direct him. Great question. Anything else? Okay, before we move into our last piece, I want a broad, okay, stroke, any questions, any things that are going on in the life of the church? Uh, we talked about a lot of different things, the past, the future, finances, leaders. Oh, I'm sorry. Real quick, that's the one thing I forgot to mention. On page 10 and 11, this is a, a little bit, uh, it's outdated just a tiny, tiny bit, but it's, it's almost up to date. Some things changed in the past week that make it slightly outdated. Those are a list of different areas that you could serve kind of in the life of the church. As you'll see, there's a lot of blue in there. That means it's open, okay? There are people, there's a need to kind of fulfill some of those roles. And then you just saw some of the other ones that aren't blue, but it's because people are in them right now. So finance uh, with Clement, 
uh, Eileen with Children's, uh, and the missions is open, because uh, Deborah let us know that last month. But um, so uh, if there are areas where you think like, man, I kind of want to serve in this way, what these positions are, what we see them as, are really deacon roles. So we talked about elders in a lot of ways, and these are in many ways the kind of role of a deacon. If you know 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7, you have the qualifications of an elder. 8 through 13, you have the qualifications of a deacon. And so we don't just kind of put anybody in these roles just like because somebody's really good with finances and we just throw them in this role. Like that's not what the finance director does. We want them to be people that whose lives are worth imitating. So as you look at these three people that were up there, they didn't just get thrown into those positions, right? If you're in a group with Clement, you know that he's a godly man. If you're around Eileen, you know she's a godly woman. You know that Adrian loves the Lord. You know that these are people whose lives really are worth imitating in some ways, okay? If there are areas where you feel like you can serve the church in some of these, then please talk to the staff about these, all right? So all these kind of deacon roles, talk to the staff because we would want to place you in some of these roles to be able to serve in some of these areas. And even if there's people that are already in those roles and you want to serve in some of them and kind of help, that would be huge because, man, they may roll off soon, right? And then you are trained up and not just getting kind of fire hosed into the positions. And so um, once again, we want to create space. We want to create leadership and, and, and opportunities to develop and uh, to challenge you and to grow you to be able to serve in the ways that God has given you to serve. You know, not everybody's supposed to be a preacher or a worship leader or, but listen, without Clement's handling of finances, we would be, uh, all I thought of was really bad words, okay? <laughs> Messed up, <laughs> all right, right now, right? Because I suck at stuff like that, okay? That's why I don't look at it at all, right? Paul is capable of doing it, but there's so many other things. So it's like, man, those are necessary. Those are key roles, okay? So anyway, if you have that heart, if you have that desire, uh, that's the other thing that I wanted to highlight. I forgot about that. Okay, so any questions at large before we move into our one last piece? Great, great question. So question was, hey, I think that there's a period of time in between there before somebody could come back onto the elder board. Yes, there is. It's, a, it's at least a year. And, and we just, you know, think that that's really important. It's, it's four-year service, and it, it can be pretty time-consuming, intense at times. When we were going through the, the pastor searches effort, uh, man, that was grueling. And, and we, you know, when you got families and you're serving in other things as well, too. So we say, okay, hey, you, you, you need to take at least a year. And, and our desire would be not to try to bring somebody back right on after a year, even that. But that's, that's the timing. So, yeah, thank you. Good, good question. Yeah, lack of a better term, sabbatical. Right. Yes, Paige. Yep, great question. Yeah, so the reason that women weren't ushers before is because of a driving situation. So we had to drive with another person to the bank to drop off the money. And at one point, we only had two ushers. And so if it was a man and a woman, they were both single, or they were one was married, one wasn't, we just wanted to be way above reproach, right? You'll find that we do a lot of things. We want to be above reproach. We don't want any questions to be able to ask. So if Noel, who's married to Co, was driving randomly with John, like, man, we just don't want any reason for suspicion, right? They're both godly. Nothing would ever happen. But, like, we want to be above reproach so that somebody doesn't see them getting out the car and think, what's going on there? And then rumor starts, and then, right? Now we have three ushers, and uh, so that will then kind of open that up because if two women serve, they can drive together. If two men serve, then they can drive together. So that's why we opened it up. That's why Noel was an usher today. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Look at that. Hands and feet right there. I didn't know that. <laughs> Thanks for volunteering into that role. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> But yeah, so that's it. So we did change that. So, anything else? Yeah, okay. Oh, pray for us. Oh, hey, Caleb, thanks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just, you know, here, here's the thing that uh, it's not that we can't do the job, but, you know, there's having Jake. On the on the board was was just another voice, another part of, of wisdom, that hey, 
we don't we didn't have right and it, it was just really cool to have that and when michael's on we had four you had just yet even another person so i would just pray that hey that god would continue to give us that 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 voice of wisdom discernment that maybe just wouldn't come up naturally through us that supernaturally he'd be speaking to us and through us in ways that we wouldn't be we wouldn't be otherwise and and I, that would be that would be kind of my prayer thank thank you for for bringing that up yeah yeah for me i would say that uh, this is my job, and so it's a lot easier for me to take on some of the responsibilities that come as a staff member and then some of the responsibilities that come as an elder because those things are two very different things, right? But for Paul, he has a job, right? And so praise the Lord that he doesn't have kids in his house right now, but he's a granddad now, and, like, that takes up time, and he's uh, working a lot. He's a high-level position in his company, and so my prayer would actually be for Paul's sake as well. There would be space and margin where he wouldn't be taxed and burned out and kind of drugged to the finish line next year, but rather sprinting toward the finish line in victory, you know? And that's true for both of us, too. I just think I can make time in my schedule. Paul has to sacrifice that time, and so, yeah. And for protection, that's something like last year doesn't happen. <laughs> it's a lot easier to lead when it's an exciting and healthy year. So, yeah, thank you. That's a great question. Okay, I'm going to piggyback and transition so that we can get out of here in a second because that's a great uh, transition. So one of the things that we want to do is just be a prayerful church, right? That's one of the things on there, anticipating God's empowering presence, like God responds to the prayers of the saints, okay? If you were at the prayer and worship night, uh, you uh, heard the, the call, the request that once a month you would consider fasting for something specific in the life of the church between then, which was July, and December, and that once a month you would fast for whatever that thing may be. So you can kind of pick whatever it is. We joked, and but we were serious, and we said, like, if you're a single woman and you're trying to get married, man, pray for more single dudes to show up, whatever. If that's what you want to see in the life of the church, like, that's not a bad thing, right? Like, so as long as it's not wicked, you know, like, those are good things. If you want to see more people get saved, man, fast and pray for that. God responds to the prayers of his saints. That's what we said about the hurricane, right? Like, it is true. God listens to us. And so one of the things that we really want to encourage you all to do as covenant members and even you all as guests, if you say, hey, the well is my home, this is where I'm going to be, is to consider once a month over the next several months up, in, up through December fasting and praying for something. Fasting can look different. We didn't put regulations on it, and it's not like a one-week fast. You can fast from food or, like, social media or whatever, but whatever would draw your attention to pray for the health of our body. I'm going to repent before you all, and I'm very serious in this, in that I have historically been so hesitant to kind of highlight the well for fear that it would look like I'm just trying to like highlight something that I work for, right? Like this is our freaking church, right? Like these are, we're family, right? And so I repent for not kind of making a sacrifice even more for the sake of our body. Like this is a beautiful place. I mean, look at this. Look at the diversity, right? Like, doesn't that reflect the kingdom of the Lord? Like, look at what God is doing. Look at people who just got baptized this year who are sitting here now wanting to serve. Like, I mean, this is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing, okay? And so that's what we want to fast and pray for is that the Lord would do something in the life of our church and, and move. And so maybe it's even just for you personally. You'd be a better leader and serve more faithfully. Maybe it's that God would bring elders. There are 5,000 things we can pray for, Right? But that's one of the things that we really want to encourage you guys to do is to consider once a month fasting from something uh, and to pray for that. We said make it habitual, so like every third Saturday or something, so that you will remember it, put it in your phone so that you'll remember it, and then just pray that God would move in these profound and amazing ways in the life of our church, all right? And so... Um, just thinking about that and, and kind of walking through that. Like, we want to close our time in prayer and just asking the Lord to kind of respond. So one thing that I would encourage you to do is like, hey, just pray and consider. If you don't have something in your mind, man, start now and just ask, God, what can I give up that would help me focus on you and the building up of the church because God wants to build his body, all right? And then what does this church need prayer for? What are some things that I can ask? You heard where we want to go. You heard where we've been. That can give you some insight. But to kind of consider that, okay? And then we just want to pray in general. So maybe you take 30 seconds, a minute here, just to start kind of thinking about that. I think a lot of you kind of already have that. But then we want to circle up into little groups, okay? And let's just pray here for three or four minutes for the upcoming year uh, and that God would really be made much of. Like, man, I, I just can't stress enough that I feel like God is doing something. I just 
I feel it, right? Nick, uh, who we just hired, keeps saying, like he left Passion City, right? This huge church, he just keeps saying, there's wind in the sail. And there's a, a scripture verse that I don't even know what it is, but he always references it. Somewhere in the Psalms, I'm assuming, right? But that there's wind in the sail that God's moving. He says he's blowing, he's blowing on the church. I can, I can feel it, I can see it, I know it in our people. God doesn't organize this much beauty in the sake of a body for the sake of itself, right? Like he organizes all this beauty that we have amongst us to really do something for his name. And so I could go down individually and honor you like we just honored those three and like plead blessings of thank you over you because of what you've done. Man, this is kingdom business and we get to be a part of it, okay? So um, I want to pray a little bit. So let's go ahead and do that in a couple of minutes and then uh, Paul will kind of boom over the mic to close us uh, in prayer and then we'll be done, all right? Just go ahead and think about what you want to pray for if you feel called to pray and fast and then circle up in groups of three to four around you and maybe just a couple of people pray out loud there, all right?
Um, Father, thank you. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for all the different people you've put in our church and all the leaders and all the sacrifice and all the service that goes into making the will uh, what she is. God, would you uh, bring that even that much more so that we can be a church that doesn't just exist for ourselves and just to be a great church, but that we would be a blessing to the community and to the body and to the people around us, God. Um, push back darkness, Lord. Push back darkness, God. We cry out to you and ask that, that you would push back the darkness in our own lives, God. Heal the sin that we are wrestling with, even today, God. Heal the guilt that we feel, Lord. Do a positive, do a, a, an aggressive work in our hearts, God, and then help do an aggressive work in our city, God, that we would love those around us. God, I pray for a ton of people to know who you are this year. I pray that we would be able to do a lot of cool things for the sake of your glory, Christ. And so um, thank you. Thank you for... Uh, these members, thank you for uh, just building your church. You promised you would do that, Jesus, and you've been doing that um, here. Uh, thank you, God. Um, we are unworthy of that. Um, God, if left to ourselves, we should not have the community and the love that we have for each other right now. Um, and yet you've given it to us freely and fully and, and passionately. God, thank you. Let us not forsake that, please, Jesus. Let us not forsake that, God, but rather press into that more and more and more. God, I thank you for all that you've done. I thank you for all that you are doing. I pray that when we sit at the business meeting next year, that we would look back and say, holy cow, God did a lot of really cool things this year through me, through us, that each individual would say, man, through me, God did a lot of cool things, through our body, through all the gifts, God did a lot of cool things, and that we'd be able to rejoice that this meeting would be tempted to be five hours long because of all the good things we can talk about. <laughs> we love you, Jesus. You're good. Praise in your beautiful name. Amen. Hey, listen, real quick. We, we are only supposed to have this place till two. We have five minutes, that means, okay? Please serve. Throw these things out in the dumpster out in the back. Tear these speakers down and help move that out uh, so, that, so that we're not a burden to the janitor here, okay? We don't want to be a burden to the school. I love you guys. I'll see you guys next week.